0: The Fix Network.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 210 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to bugger them up. We'll go with that, in our very, very humble opinion. I am absolutely delighted to welcome on the show today the fantastic Jill Gavorgazian, who has made the fantastic movie, The Stylist. Joining me as my co host today is the wonderful producer and director, Dom Lemoir. Hello, buddy.
2: Hello, Giles. That's what, that's what I've got. How are you doing? <laughs> that's it. There was no, no preamble. Just.
1: <laughs> I right. Then excellent. <laughs> with Jill, we talk about her brand new film, The Stylist, which is out now on Arrow Player. You can go watch it. We talk with her all about how to go from a short film to a feature film. We talk learning to trust people and your crew and how you must have your vision
2: locked in we also talk about funding including crowdfunding favors and getting great advice about how to use locations when you're on a budget we
1: also talk about how to organize the shoot planning it adjusting to making a feature editing the movie and jill also gives you some amazing advice to go out there and make your own feature film that is all coming up for you jill Gavagazian, on the filmmakers podcast dom how are you buddy what's happening
2: I'm fantastic. Yeah, the sun is shining. Winter is flying out the window.
1: That's wonderful. Have you got anything productive done um, since the last time you were on the Cause podcast that you could tell our listeners about? Almost
2: nothing. No, no. I, I have been. I've been uh, developing a <laughs> documentary, um, Ooh. which is which is actually. I'm not even going to reveal anything about it because it's uh, it's still in development. Please don't. But, please don't. give it a
1: wonderful. Yeah, wonderful
2: surprise, yeah.
1: So you, you, so you're making a documentary that's amazing. I'm really pleased. I can't wait to hear more about that. But your feature, the script that you've written, have you have you got any progress on that at the moment? Has anything happened?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm going through a, for another cut. So cutting out pages, um, trimming it just down, just literally a red pen through it. Bang, yeah, yeah. Bang. Best yeah, way. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, the the, stru- the structure's all there, but. Um, <clears throat> I was reading a script writing book actually recently and... Uh, oh,
1: congratulations. Um,
2: <laughs> got to start somewhere. <laughs> one,
1: what exactly? One, one you'd recommend? Or? Uh,
2: uh, yeah, it's called How to Make a Good Script Great. Um, yes, yes, I've got that one. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it's a good one. And, um, you know, one, one of those things, if your script's too long, there's, there's generally two ways um, that it's too long. It's either the dialogue where you're sort of over-explaining things in the dialogue or it's the scene descriptions in which case you're being overly descriptive
1: or you've just put too many bloody scenes in and you just need to go yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it, repeating itself yeah
2: it's, it's not that though Cut it so out. um so it's it's cool. it's one of the ones so i'm uh I'm, I'm busy in the sort of the the culling process
1: because it's a really nice feeling when you you look back at your script not saying i'm and we're good or anything but you know when you look at something again you go oh my god did we really write that that's yep. quite good, that. And then you look at the bits and go, yeah, that's terrible. We did write that a bit. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, it's either really, really good in your eyes or, or really, really bad. Uh, yes. It, it very yeah. rarely fits in, into the, the sort of middle ground.
1: Yeah, you don't want it to be in the middle ground. You want it all to be really good and really happy. Or really it really happens. It takes a long time to get there. <laughs> yeah,
2: Well, you don't want to do that, but it often is.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, look, um, myself and Dom could talk all day about scripting, and I'm sure we will Uh, if not I'm sure this will all be cut out but um, I want to tell you I want to tell you about our first ever competition I think it might be first it might not be the first but anyway it's the first this year Um, and we have teamed up with Greenlit who are a fantastic crowdfunding platform Um, and we have decided to do this competition and it's free to enter and you can win two hours one-on-one consultancy consultancy with peter's story and the greenlit team you can also win uh half an hour zoom consultancy i can't say consultancy uh with me consultancy yeah consultancy thank you uh, to discuss directing producing acting or anything you want um and
2: veganism baby
1: if you wanted to talk about that half an hour i would love it um and if you enter this competition you could all there's going to be three winners by the way uh, you're going to get free access for the rest of 2021 to all the events from our friends at cine circle uh they have some amazing training and networking events which cover filmmaking um and beyond and their women in film community and showcase as some of the most popular out there so you get that that is not all Everyone that enters can join a special free invite-only Greenlit Filmmakers Podcast event, 10 Myths of Crowdfunding Your Film, to be hosted by Peter Story. Uh, And they'll be dropping a load of truth bombs and making you think about your audience and funding in a new way. This is amazing. Uh, Entries close 5pm on Wednesday the 24th and the winners will be announced on the next Filmmakers Podcast after that day. How great is that? It's a free competition. So if you want to make your film, right, and you're struggling... Here's a way forward. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. Do not wait around. Enter this competition. It's free. Why not? That's what you get. You like that,
2: Dom? Sounds pretty exciting. I mean you've pretty much said everything that can be said about
1: it you sounded so (laughs) unenthused oh my god all the information will be uh, on our website and in the show notes as well but just go to our website thefilmmakerspodcast.com free competition Do it. Why not? You got nothing to lose. Uh, And speaking of crowdfunders, massive shout outs to Robbie McCain because he completed his crowdfunder for Tohoku, the documentary film that he's making. Thank you all those who did support him, who have listened to this podcast. You are amazing. He is over the moon. He's going to Japan. He's making that doc.
2: What up, Robbie? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that is that is amazing, and it's also it's also very exciting that he's he's going all the way to Japan. and he set his sights on on you know such an interesting subject. So uh, massive congratulations from filmmaking community for doing that. Also, I'd like to give a shout out to Alex DeCuffer, who is doing his crowdfunding at the moment of how to cope with Oliver Pope, nicely rhyming there. Alex, I've spammed to within an inch of his life on many many of our uh, film events and podcasts. So this is uh, this is payback for him.
1: Absolutely. The link to that to Alex's uh, crowdfunder, which is on Greenlit is in the show notes. The very talented Deborah Wild, uh who stars in the Dare, stars in this as well. And I'm sure with your help, wonderful listeners, they will hit their target. Um so there we go. How exciting. Yes, let's get to today's episode. Oh, I'm Charles Alderson by the way, if you didn't know. Um let's get to today's episode with like And I'm Don Lenoir. Yeah, but we know that cuz I introduced you. <laughs> but it's good that they know again. Yeah. Uh, it's silly season. I'm enjoying this. Right, let's get to today's episode with the fantastic filmmaker Jill Gavargazian talking all about her amazing movie, The Stylist. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a serious conversation now.
2: Had to happen eventually. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I'm late, guys. How are you guys doing?
1: Really lovely to meet you. No problem at all. It's
0: great to meet you as well.
1: Yeah, real pleasure.
2: You've got a very, um, a very ornate and and magnificent wall and, and ornaments behind you.
1: <laughs> yeah, look at that. I love the red hair as well, which matches yours <laughs> on that picture behind. That's incredible. <laughs> is that from the film?
0: That is actually a painting that was done for the short film.
1: That's gorgeous. Where are you now? You're in Kansas.
0: Yep, I'm in Kansas City.
1: Yeah yeah that's amazing
0: <laughs> where it is like freezing today actually i guess it's the coldest day in over 30 years oh, here
1: no way <laughs> got that heating turned right up
0: so i'm glad to be inside right now
1: of course my gosh i've never been to kansas i'd love to one day i want to go to kansas it just sounds so cool i've heard it for years in the wizard of oz and everything you
2: know it's like kansas city <laughs> is it yeah is it just like the wizard of oz
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what everyone <laughs> thinks <of laughs> that. Totally. i has not been here <laughs> Not quite um, nope. Well what's funny is Kansas City sits on the border of Kansas and Missouri And really like the bulk of the downtown that's cool is on the Missouri side And like you'll go to see a band here and they would always be like What's up Kansas if they're on Missouri They didn't know, ever know where they were It was always right. like a thing here would be like You're in Missouri But no one knows where they are
1: <laughs> No some people just like let's say Kansas Let's say Kansas NEM! NEM! Just great. <laughs> How cool is that? Um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, Jill. Thank you so much for spending time with us chatting about your amazing film, The Stylist. Um, because it is a brilliant film. It's so cool. It's so up my street with a horror vibe. It's really, you get inside her head. It's cool. It's a really well made film. And, and incredibly, it's your debut feature um wow you know well done you first of all just just great um i think that's really really cool um it must have felt incredible right to have this you know this really cool film and again when you're making it and when you're putting it out there we see all the faults right you see all the issues and things but we'll come to that i suppose in a bit but how does it feel at the moment to have your film your debut film coming out and getting this amazing response it's getting
0: uh yeah very surreal and i think it's going to be a major wake-up call, especially March 1st when it goes on Arrow Player. Um, The festival experience has been awesome, and I'm just always kind of closely following the responses on Twitter. Since we can't be in person, at least we do have social media to like see reactions like right away But we've been trying to make this movie for so long. And so to finally do it and it turned out how we hoped it would. And it's just all been so freaking exciting.
1: Amazing love that
2: can i ask how long it has taken from uh, from the conception of it as a short
0: oh my gosh so i <laughs> i have this piece of paper i have found where i wrote like the first ideas down for the stylus and that was actually in 2013 and then we we shot the short in 15 it came out in 16 and then we've been writing the future and trying to get it made ever since then so it's been a long <laughs> time
1: yeah, it has. Interestingly, that, I mean, it seems normal. Now. You know, we talk to a lot of filmmakers. We're filmmakers ourselves. And there's one film I've been trying to make for over 10 years now. There's a friend of mine who's been making his film for 20 years they're in post now 20 years they started filming that so when you yeah. think of that you kind of go oh okay as wasn't too bad maybe it's
2: not so bad <laughs> exactly <Yeah. But> still, <laughs> it's comforting it's comforting to know
1: that people are in a worse position than you but how amazing so let's ju- let's jump in cuz the stylist is about hair stylist and it's it's about the journey this person goes on and deeper deeper and darker into the 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 whole you know the anti m world the wizard of oz world that this this you know in in a ridiculous way of putting it into that dive the deep dive into the dark twisted mind i
0: like you tying in the wizard of oz You see what i did there
1: you see what i did (laughs) I love this this is great and we want to talk all about this and the fact that you're a hairstylist yourself let's jump into that and the story and why make this short why do this why become a filmmaker and go through the absolute torture that we put ourselves through
2: hopefully not based on a true story (laughs)
1: let's hope not no no not at all (laughs) So, how did you start? Why why get into independent horror films? Why get into filmmaking? Talk us through what well, did you have a favorite film? Let's start there. What was your favorite film as a kid?
0: Oh my, that's hard. I've always it's been hard. It's always hard for me to pick favorites with anything because it's like a hundred films at one time are my favorite, maybe. Um, but growing up, I started watching horror at like 10 years old when I'd go stay with a friend whose parents didn't pay attention to what we were doing. Nice. So we would get, you know but that was the best that's when i saw like candy man and that was for, i mean i still think candy man is one of my favorites still um texas chainsaw is my favorite horror film of all time
1: oh love if it we're gonna
0: go into that mm, but uh, yes please yeah yeah <laughs> i started a screening series here in kansas city in 2012 where we showed independent horror and through that is where i was inspired like when i was younger i made stuff for fun with friends on videotape and uh But didn't do anything seriously till way later after I started that series and realized that like real people made movies. I was like, you don't have to be like, I always thought, I don't know what I thought, honestly, until I met filmmakers that made stuff that was like legit. And I especially saw that with short films. I realized, oh, this is a way to make something very high quality with little resources. Um, So I was so inspired when I like basically first discovered short films and it was re- through like short horror. So just like dove in a year later, having no idea what the hell I was doing. Still don't know if I do.
1: <laughs> sure. Sure. The festival you do or the monthly showcase, I suppose is called Slaughter Movie House. Is that right? Is that the name yes. of it? Slaughter Movie House. How oh, brilliant. Shout out to you lot. Cause what a, what a brilliant thing to do to set up an event sort of going, well, look, I want to showcase people's work showcase horror showcase this you know in in kansas and in the missouri where you are and i really like that and that obviously must have inspired you seeing all these other shorts and people coming along making their films and you must have thought yeah i can do this too because at that point you hadn't you'd made lots of things like on your your dad's camcorder you made like you say you would just picked up other cameras and shot stuff but was the stylist the first short you'd made proper one after setting up this festival
0: Uh, my second but we did a short called call girl first which was written by my friend eric havens um they were considering directing it and i was going to help produce it and i didn't even know what that meant it's still hard to describe what a producer is to people you know
1: (laughs) but um yeah
0: then they decided they didn't want to direct that it was the pressure was you know it just wasn't their thing and i still work with them as a writer so i was like can i want to direct it and
1: <laughs> did you? what really
0: was like what am i thinking what am i gonna do and just yeah dove in and put it together we did a kickstarter we made it a, a decently big project i got like lawrence harvey from human centipede 2 in there wow he's one of my favorite actors i worked with him a lot now um interest and risk from like kind of known from american mary and the editor and lots of stuff uh they were in my first short so we did a Kickstarter. And it was a whole thing, and but it was a tiny thing, honestly, compared to Stylist, which was kind of scary to jump into.
2: How how did you feel it went was it Was it a challenge did it Did it kind of uh, tick all the boxes that you intended when you set out? What What went wrong with it?
0: No, it went really well. I was. It's kind of my situation. I always <laughs> tend to work with people that like intimidate me. That are I feel way more experienced, and then in once I went through the process, I was like, well, that's the way to do it because I learned so much from everybody that I worked with.
1: That's a good way to do it. Surround yourselves with with the best you can. If you can get the best DP, the best first AD, the best uh, art department team, well, it's only going to make your work look better, right? I mean, learn from them. People get very scared of, uh, you know, oh, well, what if they're better than me and they they, could, they find me out, you know, I'm suddenly I can't do this. No, but if you surround yourself with those people, they're only going to help you in your vision, in your dream which is great. And that's obviously what happened on Call Girl for you.
0: Well, that's kind of the, I feel like that's the thing when you're starting is to slowly find, you know, your film family. Um, Call Girl, there's actually not a lot of people I worked with past that, except for my special effects artists. We really just, it wasn't a lot of professional people. We kind of just threw it together. It's a film that is meant to look like it's coming from the perspective of a webcam. So in sense of how we shot it, It was easier in one way, but really challenging in another because it was like shooting one long take essentially. Stylus was such a big jump because it was a fifteen-minute multi-scene, not shot one angle. It's a you know, like really, like felt like my first film in a sense because of how Call Girl was approached in such a unique way.
1: Yeah, what did you learn from Call Girl then that you took on to Stylus?
0: It was weird. We shot Stylus after Call Girl was probably the next one, but then I made a couple small shorts in the meantime while we were, we were in post-production on stylus for like a whole year on the short. Right. I learned a lot in that process.
1: Yeah. Tell us. Um, Yeah.
0: But with Calgar, I probably just, I feel like, you know, that was my first time collaborating on a film. So I'm sure I apologize to everyone. I worked with on that project. I'm sure it was much harder to deal with. (laughs) (laughs) And people now that I work with now are probably like, you were harder to deal with. Uh, Just kidding. Um, (laughs) But it's, Learning to, how to collaborate is like a process, but something you get, like you said, you you need to learn how to trust people. And everyone has like, is, you know, their key position for a reason. It's like, let them have, you know, it's important to have your, your vision locked in, or you, if you don't, everyone will kind of create it for you, but, um, you really want all those people to shine and give you their ideas, because what's the po- if what's the point of working with them if you're just going to tell them what to do and not hear their
2: ideas, you know?
0: And they're normally better than yours because that's what they do, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so how did the uh, how did the idea for the stylist come along for the short initially?
0: Well, just honestly being a hairstylist and thinking in the whole uh, Robert Rodriguez teaching, which is like. You know what do you have access to to make your film look more you know higher production value? Which is like location, location, location. <laughs> you know, like the cooler location you have, it it makes your film look ten million times cooler. You know, mm-hmm. uh, which I feel like I learned that early. A lot of that was like I'm in the salon and I'm like, it was. I think it was more. How is there not already a hairstylist killer movie? You know, other than Sweeney Todd, with exactly. really
1: is Yeah, I was, I was so surprised when the I was like, surely this, it was, it was like when I heard of the stylist, I was like, my God, how's no one done this? And it was like, of course, this is such a great opportunity for someone to listen to other people's bullshit and then just go, do you know, I just want to kill you. And oh, <laughs> I want to take your hair or do something, you know, and, and <laughs> it's fascinating. I love the concept.
0: I first was like, how does the really, you know, funny slasher version of it not exist, especially yes. like the dentist or like the mm-hmm. doctor, all the Dr. Giggles, all those types.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Of
0: course, Like I love to watch those movies, but if I was going to, my like passion is more on character pieces. So I took it more of a serious thriller route, but of treat all the, you know, horror or all the kills as horror as possible. But I, I'm still like, there could still be and maybe one day i'll make the really over-the-top slasher version of it where it's just like kill like kill 20 people you know in the movie. Mm.
2: yeah <laughs> yeah but um, i'm like
0: how does this not exist it's already from the late 80s early 90s era you, you just i think it's because there's not as many women making movies because i don't know that this idea would have come from a man not to be talk about but it's just like a very feminine world um I really only thought of that recently talking to people about it. I was like, maybe that's why it hasn't existed.
1: It's a really good point, you know, and it's true. There is, I mean, we know this in this business. There are less women filmmakers and certainly doing horror filmmaking, you know, and it's it's really, it's true. There's so many ideas that can be mined from stuff that men for all these years have just, you know, chucked out horror, chucked out horror. And actually, it's really interesting coming from a different, mindset a different perspective for, for the horror world and I think it's really refreshing obviously of course there is m- many filmmaking women filmmaking horror horror filmmaking women filmmakers <laughs> out there. I, I there I got that i got that i got that there. There. um that turned into
0: a riddle i don't know, don't what, know what's what happening
1: i was saying but it's true and and i think you know you've you've tapped into something that is really interesting really fantastic and a great world for those that don't know um what the stylist is about um it is pretty much a well we'll call her Uh, a fantastic stylist because she is everyone loves her work um she's very lonely and she becomes obsessed with the lives of her clients and she descends into murderous madness hi right
2: this way so what's the plan i wish my hair would do that but we all know what we don't have
0: We all want what we don't have. <laughs> Claire. This is amazing.
2: Can't wait to see this with the dress! Oh, neither can I. <laughs>
0: House of Wedding Madness.
2: Getting married turns you into such a narcissist. Yeah. I am actually nervous. Yeah. It's gonna be great. I love you. Tell me about you, Claire.
0: I do hair. You get to go in and out of people's lives. You hear stories.
2: The hairstylist. She's creepy. Yeah. Doesn't look naturally.
0: Know her. You give life advice. almost like having a family are, okay? Stupid! What are you okay
1: it's such a cool idea did what and this came from you just talk us through more about how you thought how could you adapt this how could you make this you know really cool idea into a, a short at first and then we'll talk about the feature
0: I'm really attracted to, which this sounds so morbid to say that when I say it out loud every time, but like, I love tragic stories I have since I was like a really little kid, Some movies that make me cry. I think just stuff that really affects me emotionally, whether I'm crying because it's something super inspired, hopeful is happening or horrible. Also super interested in character pieces about like, especially conference, complicated characters that like, the ideas are confrontational to you as like a viewer. It's not something you can just watch and, you know, sit back and relax. Um, But on the contrary, we all need that stuff too. It's not one or the other (laughs) to, to soothe us. But, um, so I've always been really interested in characters that are like, you know, you could look at from many different perspectives and that, especially the, typical bad person you know like your anti-hero story where you actually get to know them and they're not it's not just the one dimension of the bad thing they've done or they're not just a monster like in your traditional slasher where you don't get to know you know the bad person
2: it's it's certainly quite it's certainly quite a conflicting experience watching it because your protagonist you you do feel quite sorry for at times and there are some quite emotional scenes but at the same time she's she's going out there murdering and it it puts you in a position where you're 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 kind of really unsure whether you should be on the side with her or not which is which is quite an interesting perspective to be to be thrown into was that difficult to balance
0: yes and the the hope is like that people people ultimately just aren't realize that there isn't like just you know one answer because i think we so easily can call people even in real life monsters and just you know throw them away, and we never get to the root of any of those problems. We just keep banishing everybody, and that doesn't fix anything. Um, so on a deeper level, that's kind of the stuff I'm thinking about about it. But I'm always yeah, I've been really attracted to movies about people. It's almost more about the people that I'm more interested in than the storyline, like what them and then what they go through is the story. But, um, like I love coming of age films and like films like moonlights coming to my mind right now. It's like the best film I've seen. I feel like in 20 years. Yeah. I just love people and knowing that like, you know, we're not all good or bad. We're all both. And I'm not definitely excusing anything that Claire's doing. And, uh, I love films that make you think. And so she kind of, I wanted her to just like stay with you after the movie, I hope.
2: And I think, I think this, the score helps uh, a lot. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the sort of influences for the sort of surrealism and, and the score behind it. Cause that was a, that was a very big part of it for me was really getting sucked into her, her world. Um, and it does kind of elevate it into a different kind of territory from, um, you know, the sort of traditional slasher um, stuff. So I wanted to sort of explore that process as well.
0: Yes, oh my god, make working it with on the score was the coolest experience from only making things that are like 10 minutes long. It's a much it seems like it's an obvious thing to say, but like to actually approach the score for the for for a almost a 2-hour thing, I was like, wow, this is so many things to think about. Um but we with the score and kind of with e- almost everything like even how the the camera would act or look at things we would we wanted it to reflect Claire and how she felt which is kind of what you're saying and it's glad or it's great to know that like it yeah pulls you into her world because we were like the music should always reflect her feelings because this is her story in every way that's been our focus and so especially when we're talking me and Nick Ehlert is our composer i worked with him on like everything I've done
1: it's good to have those collaborations, isn't it? It's, you know, the team, you know, you work well together and you go, yeah, yeah. Come, come work with me on the next one. You know, it's really nice.
0: Yeah. It's so, such a dream to finally make a feature with him. He had, He's making it, he's made a few before with other directors. And um, so we were talking through certain scenes, kind of struggling with like how to describe it was really, was awesome as we just talked through the whole movie in how it feels. I'm not like, I want it to sound like this specifically. I, I don't write music. I what I I supply him with like tons of scores that I like the feeling of, and then we actually talk through like every scene. Um, But certain moments we'd be like, "Well, we want like we have you know a few kind of stalkery moments," and we were like, "Well, how do we do this? We don't want it to feel like your traditional being followed thing because we're instead it's like instead of being hunted." we're hunting so it's still dark but it's like somehow that's the intention like you know it's just like little things like that which that guy's like a music a freaking genius you know like a lot of musicians are I think they just like I don't understand how they operate yes, yes. <laughs> it blows my mind I just like tell them like it should feel like being hun- like she's hunting someone versus how a film often would feel scary like you're the victim while you're watching it um mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and I was like, I don't know what that means, as like literally, but that's how it should be. And, and then he just like gets it. I don't, it's like, and then what's crazy is that with everything, we wanted to approach it with this elegance, but it's like a distorted version of it. And I sent him a lot of these really pretty scores with like full orchestras and, He's like, what if I attempt that type of sound, but through all of my really weird ass devices I have? He has so many things. So it's like we're attempting for it'll be like that, but we'll have this natural distortion coming through these other things. And I'm gonna do it all myself instead of having like hiring musicians and having actual strings or anything. Um so this these ideas of his are freaking. I just that's why I'm like, let someone like that just do their thing because that's amazing
1: <laughs> it's great when you can rely on people to just do that and go off and make their own world and make you know with you it's it's really special
2: and i, and I think that's a big uh, i think that's a big part of what what made it um what made you connect to her even when she is doing the hunting is there was this level of that you you definitely felt the sense that she was finding a beauty in what she was doing um as well as just the sort of the murder side, it wasn't just that like, you didn't feel like, okay, she's just gonna go and kill someone you you definitely felt that layer of kind of um you know obsession that that was behind it all and I think that was really fascinating absolutely that's was. awesome
1: yeah <laughs> let's let's talk about the short and going from the short to the feature because the short one. 17 awards right if not more around the world it did very well on the festival circuit as it should so from this obviously your other shorts you'd put out there and you'd done bits and pieces but the stylist obviously rose above you know when one does you're like right was was the intention always to make a feature out of it or did that come from the success of the short it
0: was always the intention um i wish on a I had wished so much, especially at that time, that we had the script ready when the short came out because people could, like, sense it. I had, like, exciting people asking to see the feature or if there was a feature. And we were like, there is a feature. It's not ready to be seen yet.
1: Um, (laughs) I haven't written it yet, but it's there.
0: (laughs) I'm... Weird about like ma- magical thought power stuff, and I think like right. yeah. something about us knowing like that we we all knew we wanted to, it to be a feature from before we even made the short. That that's something apart about why it. I don't know, like maybe that it stood out because we put so much into it because we knew we were this was just like the first step of what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took a very long time. To- like, but it took a very long time to make the feature. But to talk about the short experience, it was like. We could have never imagined something that freaking awesome. Like, we premiered at Etheria Film Night, where they only—that's like a, a just a showcase where they only select like five to ten short films each year made by women, and we won the jury award and the audience award, and then we just went on and played all the a lot of the biggest festivals, which I didn't get into with any of my pre like with Call Girl or anything previous, and. Even like Fantastic Fest, I had still have only played. Well, the feature ended up playing, but we played with a short there. That was my first time there. And actually, I went to Fright Fest out uh, with Call Girl Stylist. Also played. um Fright Fest is like supported my whole freaking career. Yeah, so which cool, amazing. great
1: guys. Yeah, yeah, but really cool fest. Yeah,
0: I never would play down to like filmmakers that like are planning their stuff. Like you, the film festival circuit is worth a lot to to invest in and try to travel to and like what it will lead to later the the people you meet and what it means to people when you like show up for your movie Mm -hmm. um people remember it and you and it's i just think that made a lot of difference because i went around with call girl a lot and then stylus came out and it was just like the the most exciting experience but then it took us four years to be like we're making the freaking feature ourselves we're not waiting any longer we're trying to get money from like a company to at a somewhat decent budget. And then finally I was like, we're making this. I can't
2: wait any longer. Well, what was the, what was the original intentions for the film in terms of the budget? Cause so it sounds like you sort of, you worked out a different budget after, you know, looking for finance initially.
0: Well, we do not talk about money specifically, but <laughs> um, we were just, we had an exciting producer attached to the script for a couple of years. who was just sending it out to, everyone that you send them to all financiers and producers. And you just, you know, it's just the game that I've lots of films kind of in that status at all times where you just, sometimes you'll get interest and then it doesn't go anywhere. You just never know. And for a while, I started to feel like, cause I had stylist and another film in that process for like two years. And I thought maybe it's like, I feel like you have to make a feature before anyone's going to make a feature with you like anyone with real money you know like like a big company I yeah mean. it's um,
1: frustrating as hell isn't is it this for... catch
0: 22 of like uh, totally it's like even if you make a short film like that did as did really well like ours did it's still like we couldn't get a feature off the ground to save my life it seemed like so
1: It's a really weird balance, isn't it, where you're in this place where you're ready to make a feature. And people go, yeah, yeah, we'll make a feature with you. You just need to go make one first. And you're like, well, hang on. How am I supposed to do that? And that's what we've talked about a lot on this podcast, about the discovery of that and how difficult it can be. And oftentimes it's you just go out and do it yourself.
0: That is the trick. And it's like, I never believed you actually... Well, but it doesn't make sense because I'm totally the kind of person who understands you just have to do things, even Mm -hmm. if you don't know what that means yet, like completely. Yes. But but I like to at least know with short films, it was not as hard to at least like kind of come up with enough of a budget to know we could finish the film. Yes. We had a plan.
1: It's much cheaper. You know,
0: with a with a feature. It was harder for me to start something. It's like an internal thing to that I don't know how we will finish it, you know, or if we can. And I can't, and I don't know if I can deal with having a film sitting around, you know, for years and years that we can't finish. That's not my, I can't deal with that. So, but I learned that that's from so many filmmakers I would meet at film festivals. I kept like with their first films, they're doing well. And I'd always ask like, how did you get this one made? And so many people just feel like, you just have to start doing it. And And especially they're like, specifically you don't know how you're going to finish it, meaning like finance, all of it. You might know who's going to work on it if you get the money to pay them. But, um, and it's something about starting it. It really is all about like people then are going to believe in you because they're like, they're see you actually making the movie. And they're like, oh, okay, that's how it worked for us. Like we did a Kickstarter, but that was only a portion of our budget where we, pieced the rest of it together as we went that was only a small portion of it
2: it starts to to gain its own sort of gravity like because once you have if you just have a script sort of sitting around it, it just looks like a script it's not really a, a business plan. but once you start you know getting crew together you start getting your, your locations you start building you know the team together maybe even start shooting it suddenly like it's a lot easier for people to actually see a finished product um and it it, it sort of does just naturally attract people and um I think you have to, in your mind, set the goal that, you know, we are starting this, we are going to finish, even if the kind of logical sense of it doesn't doesn't seem even remotely sane at the time.
0: Exactly. Like we set out the whole schedule, like this is where we're going to finish the movie. No idea how or like... How- but it's going to happen that way we have you to. give you you give yourself a
1: date <laughs> and this is what i say to every filmmaker: i just yeah. say this is the date we are filming and then if something goes wrong yeah we're pushing it because for a reason not just because we haven't got a date yet say right let's go right we're shooting in june We are shooting this feature film in June. It will happen or it will move that way. So that around May time you go, actually we've got to push back a week because location, because of cast. But at least you're in that position. If you don't set a date, it's really difficult to move forward. And it sounds like you did exactly that by, you'd gone through all the houses, you'd gone through the roof. How do I get money for this? I want to make this as big as I can. And then you realize, actually, I don't. I can just go shoot this. This is a cool concept. You're you're clearly a very talented filmmaker, and you're going well. Actually, I've got a brilliant lead. I've got my you know I've got cast. I've got people around me. I can go make this. And that when you have that fl- switch in your mind, that little flip, you suddenly go, ah, oh, I actually don't don't need to wait for anyone else. I can go do it. Is that how it felt for you? Was was that that sudden sort of inspiring kick that just went? I don't want to wait anymore. I'm doing this.
0: It was like a huge kick. It was like to be personal. My mom went through something really scary, like a few months prior, a health scare situation where, and I've learned a lot from like loss and things in the past. I lost my father 10 years ago. And then what my mom went through was another reminder. Like that really is what got me into a lot of stuff in the horror filmmaking world losing my dad like just uh, kicking me in the ass of like time is that short it really uh, suddenly is over and um then what happened to my mom just out of nowhere I was like that's really was like I am freaking done like waiting um you literally don't know what is going to happen tomorrow and uh so I reached out to the main like the kind of the core people I thought which are My main two producers from the short, who are also the DP and production designer, Sarah Sharp and Robert Stern, and Najara Townsend, our lead actress.
1: Najara Townsend, she's amazing. So good.
0: So I just reached out to those three and I was like, what do you guys think about starting this with a Kickstarter? We also have this other money set aside. And then we try to piece it together from there. I'm like, how small, how can, what's the smallest amount of budget we can make this movie at with like what we're gonna do because none of us will pay ourselves as the main producers and we're all the main three creative positions so those are three th- big things mm-hmm. off the budget <laughs> we'll pay ourselves later um sure yeah but uh we were like how what's the and that was the first time I actually started to break the script down like a producer which I'm used to producing my shorts but I never like really broke it down like how many locations and characters and that stuff. And then I realized this is not it's totally understandable why people told us this is not like a low budget horror film, like the structure of it or the everything, like, you know, you normally would write that in one or two locations with a few act, you know, characters and you write for the low budget. Normally this was not written with like those constraints in mind. There's like, Fifteen locations. You know, few of them are huge things. With like, we needed lots of extras, like a club, a dance club. We needed like a wedding scene, like a coffee shop. All these. That's not a cheap. That's not a low budget thing to do. So once I saw that, I was like, Oh my god, I see why I've been advised to try to make this maybe late. Like some people try to convince me to maybe make it later in my career when I could get a bigger budget. I was like, this is one and means so much to me that it'll shine through. We don't need the money. Like it means that much to also the, the rest of my team. Like they've been a part of it since the short film. Um, you know, tons of like especially locations, which I feel like our, a whole budget of our size could just have gone to locations in a normal world, were like humongous favors or or like paying crazy tiny tiny rental fees for places and so we are just like crazy fortunate and grateful to the community in kansas city that like giving us these crazy locations for next to nothing or nothing
1: how did you how did you go about that then because there'd be people going okay i want to do that too did you literally approach and go look please cap in hand was there a tactic did you offer them uh you know You'd be your name's going to be, uh, you know, there in the film. Well, what did you do? Well, obviously, you being a hairdresser, you could get the yeah, salon haircuts, right? Okay. Haircuts. I'll give you a free haircut, just a little, just a little off the yeah, top, just a little <laughs> off the top. When you see the film, you'll get Dom's reference there. <laughs> yes,
0: when, um, no, we definitely want to make it fair. We don't want to, we're not trying to go out there and you know take advantage of people, of course. We, not, we no. tell people like, you know, like where we are, honestly, and you know, what we can afford. And then with certain people that I knew on a personal level, they were more generous with us. But we also try to do things, kind of trade, like certain people offered us locations for nothing. And we in turn were like, well, then we'll, those days we'll order our catering from you guys because we want to do something. And of course we'll put all of your names and the company and the credits. And then even like, for instance, like, the club we shot in the dance club is this place called record bar. I grew up going to, and like we even have their logos on the pizza box in another scene. So we just try to do lots of nods like that all over the place. Um, Cause we're so freaking to anyone that did us any favors. We're like, Thank you so much. We'll do anything.
1: A hundred percent. You know. Yeah. And that's it. And people are kind and people will see that you're you're a nice person. You're actually going, look, I'm trying to make a film. I'm trying to build my career. Could you help me? And do you know what? Things massively move on for you. You're going to go back to that piece of company and go, hang on. I can now really get you good sponsorship. Of course you would. You know, that's how we work. We're trying to help. During that time, though, of actually trying to raise the funds and going to the festivals and talking to people. Was there any really terrible advice that you got given? And now looking back, you're like, oh my God, I can't even believe I even took that on board.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's a good question. What do I have to say? Um, some really bad advice.
2: Cutting down the locations?
0: No, I did need to cut down the location. Once I, that first version of the yeah. script, I was like, how? oh man, how many of these can I remember? there's okay and a hilarious amount of bathroom scenes in the movie uh, as it is and i cut out a few of them okay there are more bathrooms we've joked that like it's gonna someone's gonna turn the movie into called like the bathroom in in another (laughs) country for all we know
1: um but i
0: guess like what's sticking out to me is someone that just tried to like discourage me a long time ago in general with like before kind of when I was starting Slaughter Movie House, they were like, you don't know what the hell you're doing. And just like went off on me. And I was like,
1: wow, I yeah. can't
0: even think of any bad advice. Cause I'm just, I'm the kind of person that's like, go after what you want because, but like, you know, be very serious about it and make a plan and, it's really just about breaking it down.
2: I, I think I think it's very interesting as well, uh, the fact that you did sort of decide to stick with all those locations. Um, and, and I think something that people sort of often uh, as filmmakers sort of skip by is the fact that communities are often very willing to help people that are either from the local area um, or even just take a punt on something that's, that's something that a bit more interesting and fun than their sort of day-to-day lives. Um And, you know, at worst, they might not get that much publicity, but, you know, at best, they get to have a fun day out and and maybe people hear about them. And and it's uh, sometimes people just love to be in a film. So it's always worth trying for those big locations uh, and those kind of those ideas if you're really passionate. That's what
0: I like. And something my mom, I feel like said to me when I was younger, but that it it never hurts to ask. Of course, like you need to have kind of some common sense with what that means. (laughs) Maybe don't ask for like the world. No, but but depending on the situation. Cause I have to ask for huge favors, but I guess I'm always, I try to be very grace, you know, graceful with it and say, I completely understand like what I'm asking and it's not something I'm expecting. And then I know, I know what I'm asking. I know it's a huge favor and, but it's, you will, I think maybe it'll surprise people how generous people are and how much yeah they want to be a part of something that they think is like cool like that. And they see like, oh, there's this huge team of people and everyone's like so inspired and positive. It's like, it's an addictive thing. And everyone wants to be like people who I feel like will, you know, barely be part of a project for the first time. You get that, you get why people love it. It's like an addictive connection.
1: Yes. And like our
0: location people would be, we put like, we shot in a coffee shop. One of the women who worked in the shop we put her in the movie like working in the background and she was hanging out with us all the time and we'd, like turn people into move, you know filmmaking lovers after one to- one day <laughs>
1: yeah totally it's a really good thing to do because like say normally their day-to-day life is making coffees or you know the own the coffee shop whatever it is suddenly they get to be in a movie and there's movie cameras around and people around to <laughs> visit that coffee shop will see that and it's a talking point and it's useful for them and it's publicity and they can put it on their twitters and their socials and actually you forget all that when you're going cap in hand you know on a crowdfunder or going around knocking on doors it's actually people don't mind it's quite exciting as long as you don't take the piss as long as you've got insurance if anything goes wrong
0: <laughs> yes
1: you know it's, it's
0: insurance do everything right
2: do everything right no absolutely you've got to do it right so jumping off the back of that how did you go about the the casting process because obviously you've got a very specific vision for the film and you, you you've got the casting fantastic
0: it was all different processes with najara of course she was always coming back to be Claire and I don't know how the film would work without her. Cause it's such a, a role that I wanted to feel very like human and relatable while I acknowledged like what she does is very over the top, even for a real serial killer. It's very kind of absurd. So I was, it was, I was always personally battling with that, but I feel like Najar is like the reason it works, but, um, with Bria Grant, we, I met her through another project that we still have yet to make that we would love to freaking make. But, um, once I met her, I feel like she then on in my mind was like becoming Olivia, the character. And, um, she just had so much of her, who Olivia was to me all in her real life. And so I reached out to her once we decided to do the Kickstarter she's been so busy lately. I was like, I wonder if she'd have time to do this. She's like directing a movies, writing more movies, starring in more directing series. Now writing for series, she's busy as hell. And it really came, she wanted to do it, but it came down to kind of like right a month before. Can she commit to the time that we needed her for? Um, The rest of the cast we we casted locally in Kansas city, almost all locally. we had, someone who I love. I want to shout out Vienna Moss, this adorable young actress. She played the flower girl in the film and she's incredible. That's the first time I met her, but she's so good. She had never done anything on film and she's incredible, but um, like so professional. I couldn't even, it doesn't even make sense. Uh, it's like magic, the way that she, this young girl acted on just would just like know what
1: to do isn't it funny how sometimes kids especially a really young age can just be so natural and just throw it away and just have fun and you go oh my god i feel i found a gem you know and then three years later or whatever you come back to them and they're like no i can't can't do this anymore you know just because <laughs> they be feel uncomfortable or something around it but yeah your cast was incredible do you do you look for anything specific when you're casting when you're in the room with them because this is before covid that you cast this movie so did you do casting sessions and if you did what do you look for what's specific for any actors out there what tips did you learn from thinking oh that would have been useful or that was great
0: It was interesting. i did some in person and then we did do a decent amount with video sent to me. I kind of like that with the first round because you get to see someone how you will see them in the movie versus, you know, in person is different versus watching a monitor or something. Um, but it is nice, of course, to be in person to give see how someone takes direction and to try different things. On this project, I actually got to work with a lot of actors. I've been hoping to give like, work with in a more significant way for a long time because i've on the short films there's only like maybe two characters and everything and so i haven't been able to work with that many people different people yet so many people i've wanted to or i've made music videos where i keep putting all these actors i like in but you know they're just hanging out there's not a lot of acting so it was really fun with for instance like our i got to work with jennifer seward who is our our opening character mm-hmm. to say the least Yes, um, someone I've wanted to work with for a very long time. And it was kind of a lot of these people is just me reaching out and having them record. It's like me versus like a casting call. It's like me approaching them, asking them to read for a role. I already kind of know, like, I'm sure this is going to be awesome. Um, all right. It's like, I've already decided in my head before I even see it normally. Um, but we had to do open casting for certain roles and that's kind of painful for me. I wish I just like knew who I wanted all the time, but it is exciting to do casting because then you discover people you don't know. So it's like a, it's just a nerd. I'm just a nervous person so when i watch auditions i want everyone to be great it's like i'm a weird little nervous i'm just it's just a silly thing i'm like this is just part of the process jill it's gonna be okay it's
1: gonna be okay i know it's weird though isn't it when you see these people working really hard at something they've they've spent a long time and they've come in the room they meet you and you go i really like them but they might not be right for the part and it's sometimes heartbreaking to go oh god no it's such a shame you know but that's you'll tick them down on your list, you'll keep their name. I certainly do. And I go, Do you know what? But they'll be right for this next one. Or I'll push them in to get and I think knowing you, I know you're gonna go on and make other films. And if there's anyone in that bracket, you will probably go, oh, I like them. Maybe there's a part for them in the future. And I think that's all you can do. But it is hard. It is it's tough sometimes the director to go, Oh no, I'm not gonna pick you this time. It really is tough. And I feel for actors, you know. It's it's not easy.
0: I really do. For them putting themselves, in, it's like the most vulnerable thing. Even even once you performing, once you have the job, is a very vulnerable thing. But let alone the auditioning process, I I have all the sympathy in the world for that process on that mm-hmm. side.
1: Yes, it's not easy at all. Absolutely. Um, but you, like I say, we, you had a fantastic cast, and it's really great. Can I, I'd, I'd like to talk about your directing uh, thoughts then? From going from the short, like you say, you know that you're making a short in a certain way, you've got a day, two days, maybe sometimes more if you're lucky to make this and you know it's gonna be seven to 10 minutes, shouldn't really be longer. You know, you can kind of go, okay, I'm just gonna beginning, middle and end. When it's a feature, you've got that much bigger arc to think about the characters, the days you're filming, the ins and outs. How, what was your what was your thinking behind it of sort of going, right, how am I gonna tackle this? Did you do shot lists? Did you plan your days? What was going on in your mind when you were thinking about um, actually shooting you know, the style is the feature.
0: Organizing it seems like a nightmare, but once you get it organized, you're in a great place. But yeah, it's, we are all about everything needs to be, is organized like to a T beforehand. Um, we've like blocked every scene, shot listed everything, um, figured out all, everything like, so for this film, even more specifically, we had to like even sit down with our, of course, we would discuss the schedule with special effects, but even in just our regular hair, make beauty hair and makeup, like, you know, we were shooting one location out versus in any order. So we could be in Claire's house all day and she, she's going through the entire film in different parts of the day. And that's a lot of different looks going on. So it's the schedule couldn't be based on. The progression of the makeup or the hair or what's happening is it? are we getting dirtier or more distressed looking throughout the day um so so much goes into like how are you scheduling it luckily like there's a whole team of people to figure the schedule out for mm-hmm. me yeah assistant directing team yeah um i've had like on my shorts i've only worked with an ad once but this we had like a you know three ad's and then a whole um A a PA team on top of that. So so we are like planned out like crazy. Like, I mean, me and my DP are blocking stuff like months ahead of time. yes We want everything to have lots of thought and intention put into it. And you if you're going to do that, it has to start early. So once we get there, like the plan is nailed out as how we're going to shoot it, the day, the schedule, down to like the minute. But like for my directing, because I know the schedule, I then am like, pull those pages out, reread those every night or, and way ahead of time, I've made directing notes, but I'm like, this is what I'm focusing on today. And look, when you have an assistant directing team, you don't have to worry about, are we on schedule? What's happening next? Because they're, Worrying about that, so you can like just be a director. Which is <laughs> this is the first time I've been able to like only be a director on set, and I was like, I don't know how to not worry about some of those things.
1: <laughs> no, you you can't you can't help thinking about when lunch is going to arrive. You can't go, yeah, but we need to. Lunch is got. Oh, oh, yeah, but that's different. Always thinking about. But, but when,
0: all, do yeah, when do we get to eat? Yeah, when do we
1: get to eat? But but also, the, I can't help it because I'm the same as you, Jill. I've come from that sort of doing stuff myself, and making a, a, a short, and Dom, you same of going. Well, I'll first, I'll produce it. To everything, yeah.
0: Like we, I'm a main producer, but like once I'm on set, I have to just like we're just our our positions. And even like Rob, my DP, is one of the main producers with me. But I would be like, Rob, what are we gonna do tomorrow? It might freaking snow its ass off. We're supposed to shoot outside. It can't be snowing in the shot. And he's like, Jill, there's a whole team of people figuring that out. We can't (laughs) think about that. I'm like, (laughs) I can't not think about it. But I'm like, okay, I'll try to put it back to, at the back of my mind. <laughs> but I'm like, it's going to snow tomorrow. What are they going to do about it? Are they yeah, calling Mother yeah, Nature like... to stop it? Yeah, <laughs> you know?
1: totally. Throwing salt in the air.
0: God, yeah. go away,
1: snow. We've we got literally a shot removed
0: to do. snow from a few shots,
1: really? multiple
0: shots outside. Most stupid thing I've
1: ever. Heard. Oh my I'm gosh. Like Isn't it crazy?
0: No, I'm very think... thankful for it, but I'm of like course you are. we're yeah. moving snow. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've for lost my our fault. minds.
2: <laughs> yeah, but most people are like trying to get snow on their film <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> totally. To like, we got <laughs> some extra
1: snow for you. Yeah, here's some snow. Yeah, exactly. How amazing, Dom? You were going to say.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say how much actually when you've planned it so meticulously and you've sort of really gone through everything. How, how much um, changed when you when you got onto set with with the actors? Were there was there a lot of moments where you ha- you were improvised or did you try and really stick to your guns?
0: I'm going to steal this from some filmmaker that said the idea of like I don't remember like where I read this, but. They they say like there's something I, behind, if you're that prepared, you like, you already know, you can, you've you already seen your, if you've storyboarded and shot listed, like you you know how your film edits together, like you know it, how it works. So if you at least get that, you then have, I feel like you're then free to you know, be creative on the day because you at least once you get that checked off, you know that you can do more things. So you're like, well, we can always fall back on that um so we always like even the we always find new ways to do things or even consolidate because our shot list will be a little bit longer than we're ever going to make on a of day. of course
1: yeah you're never going to make your whole shot list done but yeah, we make never.
0: our days is very important to us how we treat our crew and there's only one day of all of, tw- of like 19 where we went over a few hours because it was like the last part of the movie and we had to do it but um yeah that's but, good we just would be like, we're in a moment where like, we can shoot the whole scene right here. That makes sense. We don't need all this coverage. This is what's important. This isn't about like cutting back and forth between a conversation or whatever it might've been, but we'd find new ways to, to consolidate it and it made like it had intention behind it or whatever. And so we still are completely open to that. And then of course, through the schedule, things happen. Like we are shooting in winter in Kansas city where one day it might be warm and the next day it's snowing you and so you might establish like i said it's not snowing in the movie at a mm-hmm. certain point <laughs> and then freaking the next day you're shooting out or it's like one night it got too cold we had to push a day because we're like we had a lot of exteriors and we're like we can't expect people to be outside for longer than 5 minutes in that weather like we can't shoot multiple scenes so certain things we had to move but there's only so much you can because it's like a puzzle of madness putting together a shoot you know like location availability and actor availability and everyone else's how does where does it all meet up it's
2: and the weather just comes in and then causes chaos
0: screw your schedule yes <laughs> we're snowing all yeah. over it
2: i don't get i'm snowing all over
1: your schedule like that that's a great quote um <laughs> it's it's it really is a really interesting film it's really in depth and what i really liked uh, about it was you spent a lot of time on your lead uh, Najara's face you know who's playing Claire and I really like that There's this is slow build where we're just sitting on her and we're just sitting on her was a lot of that Found in the edit, or like I say, obviously you've got your shot list and you're prepared. But sometimes when you come to the edit, you go, "Oh, I can just hold on her the whole thing," and it's really interesting. Had you like say on set, were you going, "I've got this now. I don't need like you've mentioned there. You don't need to cut away, cut away." Were you already finding that when you were shooting, or was it something you found in the edit?
0: Probably honestly a mix because we do love to like concise language for the for the camera, so it like all feels like I'm saying like really intentional and has. Like This is what happens. This is happening now. This tells us how this, you know, kind of how this is supposed to feel. There were certain things where we knew we were just going to get in the long take or, but especially that opening Zoom, we had, we first cut the film kind of more traditional, like start on a wide of the salon and then cut into her. And, but it was always my thought that like, we're going to, which is a traditional filmmaking thing like you start and end on a similar shot i was like we're gonna start we need to start on claire because we're gonna end on claire because like this is claire's story it doesn't make sense to open on the the scene this isn't about a salon this is about claire so that was my my i had to defend i was like we're switching to once we did it everyone loved it but i was like it needs to start on claire then we come out and show where she is like i'm like it only makes sense to bring it people were like right into her her life
2: and, and the music and the cinematography really helped to sell that initial that initial burn and I, I think they were sort of really really crucial for the success of that thank you so i just just wanted to ask about uh, there was there was a couple of scenes that, that really um stood out as sort of a, a turning point in, in the, the character's arc um in the car park where she she sort of corners the the bride-to-be um about the moment. The film sort of made a conscious shift at that point. Um and and I, I felt like you really sort of developed the neurosis of the character sort of from that moment onwards. Um was that like a conscious sort of moment where you thought, okay, we need to step this up into into the sort of the climax of the film?
0: Yeah, that really kind of is <laughs> yeah, a major kind of like this is the tipping point of this kind of spiral that's about to happen. Um and we really kind of wanted to make the cam make you feel like kind of what I was saying, the camera kind of always representing how Claire feels and maybe almost just dist- you know kind of distorting reality um a little bit. But this may be just me. But when I feel like that scene really brings you onto Claire's side, like it almost makes Olivia seem like she's being pretty harsh here, where if you really think about it, logically, she's just kind of setting normal boundaries to someone who's being very, uh, very (laughs) overwhelming and and totally overstepping them. Mm -hmm. So we just, we're kind of making, trying to make you feel like Claire, like this is the end of the world. This is the worst moment of my life when it's not meant to be that horrific. And yeah, that is kind of a big tipping point. The next morning she does kind of Go for one last trial with a phone call before completely <laughs> losing her mind but um that is kind of like her desperation she's reaching out for like you know pull me back off this ledge like i'm about to fall if mm, that if olivia, didn't, real, me. olivia yeah. didn't realize that and it's not her responsibility uh, to, no. to fix her
2: so up until that point in the movie you sort of tipped her around you know although she's obviously doing fairly crazy things the way that she does it, it all seems very controlled, uh, and and I feel like that that was the scene where you really understand that her her grasp on reality is 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 sort of beyond the normal the norms of socializing and, and <laughs> <Yes>. understanding <laughs> reacting to people. So it's really good. That.
1: It's it's such a brilliant. Film, I can't believe it's your debut. Like I said at the beginning, honestly, Jill, you've done so well. I loved how it's slow build, and everyone should go see the stylist to see how to make a feature, especially from a short to a feature. It's just a brilliant transition and really, really well done. Um, just some final advice, uh, then to any filmmaker out there who's wanting to do what you did turn their short into a feature. What advice could you give them?
0: I think honestly, one of the biggest things would be to kind of prepare the whole project from the start, um, like write your feature and your short all together kind of so that once your short comes out, you have this package ready to present to people. Cause I feel like that's like your moment to really jump on it and, or you like, you can still happen, but I just think that's a way to really like bring it all together and look, see like this whole thing was a plan from the start. And that's a common thing. People, you know, people make pitch pieces like that anyway, they'll make fake trailers and, but You know, if it's something that really works as a short film and it's something you can get out there and can kind of start to build a a name for itself and a fan base, that's only going to help you, you know, convince people, I think, to try to make that feature or... You know just to get help to make it
1: amazing uh it is available through octane in america and arrow films um in the uk march the 1st it is available the stylist go, do go support jill uh, and uh, you're on social media do you want to give everyone your handle then people can go there and say thank you for doing this and thank you for a great film
0: <laughs> yes it's uh at jill six with two x's and then also follow the film at the stylist film
1: thank you Jill you've been amazing really appreciate your time you're a star and I can't wait to chat to you for the next one amazing
0: appreciate you guys
1: cheers Jill bye so there you have it how amazing Um, Dom where can people find you?
2: Uh, at home because we're we're in lockdown Uh, at home
1: nowhere (laughs) don't find him there you really don't want to see what's going on it's all I can see now is Dom in darkness and it's just (laughs) freaking me out it just went slower
2: I haven't turned my light on now Giles Giles did a runner through through the podcast but I'm just sitting in darkness. (laughs) I was like, where's he going?
1: Where's he going? I'm turning my light on. Because you know this could go out as a, a video at some point. Uh, yeah, let's just, not put this
2: out as a video. It looks beginning. like a sort of a DV horror from, from the nineteen <laughs> seventies on my screen. Some of
1: those are good, mate. Some of those are really good. Uh, where can people find you apart from in your home, sat on your bed in the dark?
2: Director Dom Lenoir or Dom Lenoir as my as my handle. There we go. Uh,
1: you can find me at Charles Alderson. Oh, obviously, in your, the podcast. in your
2: attic triangle.
1: <laughs> I am in my attic triangle where it looks the like magic a little hat, happens. Actually. Yeah. Thank you. It's just a little hat on my head. It does look, <laughs> look like that on the video does not it, it weird <laughs> triangle head behind me um we might put a picture up of this and you'll see it on our socials where you can find us at the filmmakers pod on twitter or oh, actually it's just Filmmakers Pod on Twitter. On Instagram, it's The Filmmakers Podcast. Uh, do go support us if you like this. Tell all your pals. And if you want to check out all our back catalogue of podcasts, go to thefilmmakerspodcast.com and search in the bar. If you just want actors, if you just want directors, if you just want debut directors, all you got to do is put that search in, and all those podcasts with those particular people will come up. Oh, you lot are amazing thank you so much for listening we love you we really do we really appreciate how much we've grown and the, the, all the time and effort you've put into to listening and to supporting as well by just your little tweets it means the world to us thank you uh, Dom yeah, I, I, I love you thanks for joining us love you too remember you can go out there and make your indie film just as Jill has done you can do the same me and Dom have done the same be inspired go out there and make your film and if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well it is your duty to send the hairdresser back down (laughs) oh and this thursday check your inboxes because from now on every thursday the wrap-up will be dropping our weekly newsletter giving you all the latest film and entertainment news to save you scrolling on all the websites and that can go straight into your inbox if you're not getting that already go to our our website and you can sign up Um, if you are brilliant again again something else cool and free from us Um, and also this thursday evening i oh, go on.
2: I was going to say I, I actually I actually read read through all of that uh, a couple of days ago and I, I, I actually found it quite interesting. Oh my god! <laughs> Usually I just sort of scroll through I'm the quite you know, impressed. <laughs> but this one uh, it's got it's got very interesting curated facts from a whole variety of different sources in the film industry. Thank you. Uh, and it actually is quite a good resource, Thank you. so I, I think it's well worth having a look.
1: Wait, that's a compliment from you. <laughs> I'll take that all day. Um, and this Thursday as well, um, and which is going to be every Thursday at the moment anyway, Clubhouse. If you've got an iPhone, you want to be a member of Clubhouse and you're not already, then ping me over uh, Twitter. I do have some spare invites at the moment. Um, but every Thursday, 6.30, we're doing Q&A with a load of our hosts and special guests where we talk how to make films. So come and join us. Link to that is in the show notes.
2: Unless you're on an Android, in which case you can't.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like Dom is. So he's not bitter at all or sad about this. No, no. I'm going to
2: be in my own clubhouse.
1: Be yeah? Like, What's it called?
2: Android house.
1: <laughs> and is it just you in there? Yeah. Yeah? On your own in your little Android house? Yep. I imagine just playing with your little yeah, Android phone. <laughs> so, no no say... different to any other day in lockdown. <laughs> Um, it is a full year since The Dare was released in cinemas um, and now it's on Prime. You can watch it. Dom, uh, Dom's film uh, Winter Ridge, which I actually started watching again the other day because it's also on Prime. I was really enjoying it and I got distracted by Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, uh, the moral of the story is don't, don't go on podcasts. <laughs> Just watch our films instead. Exactly. Basically.
1: Oh, it's amazing. Oh, God. I love that. Oh, a terrible, terrible thing. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You're superstars. We'll see you next Tuesday. Until then, take care, everyone. Bye. Bye <laughs>